please insert additional coin. It's Jake Z. Lee. You honor me with your presence, Crispy Lee. How can one so tiny hurt so much? Brad Ziegler. He's usually stronger than the average and has a friendly attitude. It's Sports Unsealed. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It's Sports Unsealed. For now, like I said, things are going to be changing a little bit. But same show, same everything, and same everything as always. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler, as always. And as always, your reminder that things staying the same, but also changing to a degree, is go to the podcast on the site. We have more football stuff rolling out. And the baseball stuff is going to continue for you guys, not just for the rest of the season, but there's going to be some of them that are going to have occasional episodes throughout the off season. So if you want your baseball, there's still podcasts out there for you to get. But as everything changes, things stay the same and kind of being the theme, guys, it's another day. It's another day of big news. And one of them involves Antonio Brown. <laughs> but I think the other news is bigger. So... I don't, we're going to save Antonio Brown. We're not. I guess that's the difference this time. We're not starting the show with Antonio Brown. Good. Uh, that, yeah, although I technically, I guess we are by like the fact weeks. that I just said that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you brought him up to start, so kind of. But we're not. We're not because we got to talk about Andrew Luck. Talk about things changing but staying the same. If you had a bad taste in your mouth from two years ago and saying, oh, everything's going to be fine. The team is just saying everything's going to be fine. Andrew Luck's going to be out there. Okay, he'll be back by week six. Okay, he'll be back. If you still have that bad taste in your mouth, get ready to taste it again because Andrew Luck, as has continued to be the offseason story, something going on with the ankle-foot area. Everything was going to be fine. There was like a calf report at some point. It's always something new with him. In my latest projection update, guys, yesterday – well, no, two days ago on Monday – when I uh, when I updated for the site at about four o'clock in the afternoon, I already took two games off of Andrew Luck's projections and put him on Brissett, which made everybody's numbers drop for the rest of the team. All their weapons drop because that's what happens when you go from Luck to Brissett, and that was my playing the risk factor. But now we have an official report, Chris, that's saying he's not going to play the preseason at all. We're saying it's now a high ankle area, high ankle sprain, high ankle issue. There's still no clarity on what the high ankle situation is at this point. Good God. Is it two years ago all over again? Like, are we, I mean, I know it's kind of, I, I, look, Brad, I know we do this. I don't want to joke. I don't want to ever make fun of somebody being hurt, especially of Angel Lux Color. But, but for the fancy side of things, the joke is, is kind of like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this again, Chris. Yeah, it seems like we're going down the road, down this road again, unfortunately. And I'm a big Luck fan. I want to see him on the football field. I want to see him playing. I want to see him with some of his new weapons. Like, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And, yeah, I've had to continue – with day after day after day of dropping them down and Brad and them the same thing. I know we were, all of us were chatting just a few days ago. Like, where do we have luck? Like, well, how far are we going to continue to move to luck down? Like, how many games is, is he going to miss? Now, questions that they just don't know if he's going to be ready week one. I can't imagine him being ready for week one. First, it seemed like it was just a calf issue, to your point. You're talking about that, Jake. And then all of a sudden, like, I heard reports late Tuesday that it was um, – it just a little small bone in his leg. Like who has little, like little small bones in your legs? Like, I don't even, that just seems like a <laughs> false report. Like, and then you see, oh, he's off these, you know, the one report I saw throwing the heck out of the football behind the scenes. Like that's great and all, but you're not out there on your legs and moving around like luck does best. So 
I have some concerns. I've I've bumped him outside the top five, six. I, I if he doesn't you know get on the field in the next couple of weeks, I'd, like I definitely am not drafting him. Like he would have to fall outside the top ten to <laughs> well, take a shot at him at this point. I just don't want to deal with it. Well, that's to your point. You say you drop him that far. The projections by just taking two games off of him because of how slim the margin is that we're already talking about. Brad is he went from number four for me, and now he's down to number eleven. Yeah, and that's that's about where I have him too. I I and I think I might even push him lower after tonight. I had him around eleven. You know, well, is that one of the, the questions? Is that the question of like that might be where you have him, but you're still not drafting him there? No, I I I don't know that I can draft him at this point. And it, there's just something about him, and I you know I I hate to say that I mean I don't know his body at all, but it seems like he just takes longer to heal than a lot of other people. But the biggest problem for me is they like. This has been going on for a long time, and they still haven't found kind of the exact cause of his discomfort. Like that's that's absurd. That it's it's I I have a kind of a bigger issue with their medical team here because no at some point, like how how do you not how do you not know at least what's causing it? Even if you can't fix it or or you know you can't figure out how to treat it, how do you not know what's causing it? And I'm wondering if they weren't doing all kinds of treatment that where he had some swelling down there that, you know, caused by, you know, whatever, a, a fascia tear, whatever it was that was causing the swelling. And they they do all this work to push the swelling out. And now it's kind of like settled into his high ankle area. And therefore, you know, I, that's very feasible. I will say that because that happens a lot with guys in, in baseball who foul a ball off their ankle. And then they do all this this work to try to get the swelling out of the area and it moves up your leg. And, and then, you know, your calf and your knee, deal with some discomfort until that works it's you know works itself all the way out so i don't know that that you know exactly what's going on here but it's really bizarre and at this point like i get that there's a ton of upside with him but i don't i i can't trust him as my starting quarterback if he was my second quarterback then maybe you know if especially if i've got a quarterback with a late bye week you draft you know you draft a guy that's got a week 12 bye week or something then maybe draft luck later and it makes sense that like maybe by then he'd be a good bye week replacement and and it, you know then if he comes back before that he might you know might be have a little trade value to him but right now you know, I mean I can't advise anybody to take him no that's the worst part about it we we talk about it in sports all the time and you know the perfect example for those of the people out there who do pay attention to baseball you go back to it like and the one that always comes to mind is Jose Reyes with Jose Reyes his first stint with the Mets and when he was at like close to the peak of his career was he would do something to his hamstring and then still try to play and overcompensate. And then it turned into a calf and then it turned into an ankle and then it turned into his quad. And then it went back to his hamstring. It was always to your point, Brad, it's always overcompensating anybody out there who's ever had a sports industry in, industry <laughs> injury and tried to play through it understands what happens. You start, like you said, you compensate somewhere else and then, but I'm with you. This almost feels like the, the Redskins situation. Like how bad is the medical situation in the office side of things that, we can't figure out what the heck's wrong with him. Like it, I, this just is baffling. And after what happened two years ago, if this is the same medical front office, it kind of leads to two questions is what your point of what the heck are they doing? And then two, that would even concern me more. And maybe that's something to look up. Is this the same medical staff? Because if so, I, I might just be out altogether, even in a superflex. I'd be like, screw it. I mean, this is the same medical staff that kept promising he was going to be fine two years ago. But he's not the only one dealing with foot things. I actually, because I was deep into an article today and still dealing with Barkley and the new puppy, is I missed this until we came right on to the show, is Amari Cooper 
is dealing with a foot injury. I guess I shouldn't sound so positive when I say that, uh, but Amari Cooper is dealing with a foot injury, and Amari Cooper is dealing with plantar fasciitis, Chris, which actually, well, you know what? We start with you, Chris. We'll come back to Brad. Brad, you go first because we're still in the foot area. This is definitely something, as you know, for people out there, this is what Joakim Noah had, and Joakim Noah in the NBA and couldn't really play through it because actually my mom's had it, and she said the best way to describe it is like, remember those prickly ball things that come off of trees? It's like just putting one of those in your shoe and trying to walk on it all That's the time. That's how Albert Pujols <laughs> described it a couple of years ago when he was, was with the Angels. Yeah, it was like hot knives is what he, is what he said. It's like running through his foot, like just a bunch, like getting stabbed a couple times. Like you guys awful. know what you guys know what the little seed tree ball things I'm talking about are, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? And the, yeah, so okay. I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not big on Amari Cooper to start with. I may be lower on him than than potentially every other analyst. I have no idea because no, every year he I don't has know if like, you're lower than me. Maybe I don't. Let's I don't know. have a challenge. We'll, a dollar bet right. who can be lower on Amari Cooper. <laughs> yeah, probably, Chris, I'm Chris in on this. I'm in on this as well. Like Chris I'm outside my top twenty. The only time I have ever, and this is not a joke, the only time I've ever owned Amari Cooper is when one time in my home league I traded for him because he cost me almost nothing after the owner was so frustrated with him like two or three years ago. Yeah, so I've got him at 26 right now. All right, um, so, and, all right well, uh, hold, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, you, you, I think you might definitely be the lowest then. Uh, yeah, because I still am inside the top 15. We're, we're, Chris, I, I assume you have to have him higher than Brad. I ha- yeah, I have him at 19 actually, but he's okay. going down more than that. Yeah, it's I, I had him. So I had him at 22 before this, you know, this news, and that was before he was <laughs> I love hurt. Love it. He, he's just 22 to to start if he's completely healthy because that's not a guy I want to draft because he he's really good for like four or five weeks of the year and then the other 10 he just vanishes and that's not what I want he's from Jared my number one receiver. Yeah, it's, it's not what I want from my number two receiver. Like Gross. he's a really good best ball option. I'll say that. But uh, like I want nothing to do with him in my starting lineup. He was the same way in the Raiders. He was the same way after he got traded. Um, to, to Dallas last year it was you know he'll have this massive blow-up game he did it in the playoffs and then you know at the end of the year you're like 75 receptions a thousand yards and seven touchdowns sweet like that's a pretty good season and it's like you know what the way he got there I want nothing to do with because it's just massive all right hold headache. on hold on Brad when was the last time you looked at a stat line from last year his uh yeah I I mean I literally just saw it right it's at the top of his Roto World page when I when I was uh no 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 not like but like his game log that, 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 that should have been oh, no, no, no. Question. I, was... I, I haven't looked at his game log in in a couple months probably okay since when he came over to the Cowboys how many games of what is uh 6.3 points or less do you think he had out of the <laughs> final hold on no, seriously one two three four five six seven eight you know Nine games, it's the final nine games, because they were still playing in week 17. So the final nine games, how many do you think of, were 6.3 or less? Uh, five. Chris? Yeah, four. Five's a good number. I'll go four. No, you win because you went four. And I feel like you were almost going to say four before you said that, Brad. <laughs> but he had four, 6.3, 4.0, 5.6. I mentioned those three in order because those were weeks 15, 16, and 17. Oh, right. just five, how convenient. The, the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, yeah. convenient. Yeah. He had 5.1 in week 11 like 100, against Atlanta. Yeah, well, no, no, like so that's the point. So, in the playoffs hold on. And, yeah. so all the games that he didn't score a touchdown in, he only had two in double digits. Half-point PPR is what I'm talking about, everybody. So, you know, 10.5 and 11.6. The three games he scored touchdowns in for the Cowboys was the very first game against Tennessee. He had 14.3 points because he had 58 yards. But to your point, Brad, he had two touchdowns and 180 against the Redskins for 34 points. And then he had the 217 game with three touchdowns against your Eagles, Chris, for 44.7. Just those two games 
alone, 78.7 points, more than he scored in the other games since he became a Cowboy. It's unbelievable. And he torched the Eagles in that game when they were on their, like, seventh, eighth quarterback. Like, that was when they were they were at one point in the season where they were just plucking guys off the street to play, try to play in that secondary. So, you know, he was I, – I will say this. It was impressive what he was able to do to go to a new team halfway through the year and pick up a new offense and just at least have a couple productive games. And I thought this year that I, – I wasn't in on him, but I thought, okay, it – it has to be at least a good sign that he's going to be with Dak and, and the entire offense throughout you know, training camp, some time to learn the offensive playbook. But then they have their best player sitting out, and now he's dealing with a foot injury. He's completely a red flag. It's not even this last year, Jake. I think if you go back to, like, 2017, it was the same thing. I mean, he had that 200-yard game against Kansas City, and then after that, oh, like, you, you, wh- you, where you, was you, it? Like, his other game, he had want, games of eight, six, nine I'm yards. La- no, I'm laughing because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, did he so not have the, three or four games with eight or nine yards? I'm pretty uh, sure he so did. That's, well, there isn't. You're you're 100 right, Chris. So what I was <laughs> going to say was, are you ready for this? And Brad, you you re- this is this is the best one. This is, I'm so glad you said this, Chris. So 2017, first game 14.7. All right, good job. Scored a touchdown, by the way. You ready for this? Week two, 5.3. Next week, 1.1. Next week, 1.9. Next week, 1.3. Next week, 5.3. The week after that against the Kansas City Chiefs, 38.5. <laughs> it's the Derrick Henry of wide receivers. Like Derrick Henry is just completely missing for three-fourths of the season. And then uh, the last I think that's even disrespectful. That's even kind of nice to say that. Yeah, and, it, and at least I feel like it's on – like that's on Tennessee for not giving Derrick Henry the ball. And sometimes it was on Oakland. I mean, before he got traded last year, they hadn't targeted him once on an opening drive, with his, which is crazy to think about because he was their best weapon, like use him. And all those first years in Oakland, he wasn't even the third option in the red zone. It was like – it was Seth Roberts. And, and Michael Crabtree, like, he wasn't even getting any looks inside the red zone. So I thought when he would go over to Dallas, he'd be a little bit different. But, yeah, there's no consistency at all in his game. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Which would you rather have, Brad? Would you rather have Amari Cooper or Jared Cook? Uh, oh, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, there, there's no way their ADPs are similar, right? So I'll, I no. actually think Jared Cook will, would would be better in the long run than oh Amari Cooper over the course of the season. What what if the you could get Amari playing. Cooper? Look, look, this is just a, a side thought. We brought up the DFS thing on Monday, Chris. How about this? Yeah. Just put Amari Cooper and Jared Cook in your lineup every, 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 every single week with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Fuller. Yeah. And one of those weeks... One of those weeks, yeah. you're probably winning a million bucks. Oh, yeah. Put in Ted Ginn in there, Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> and yeah, just get a complete boomer bus squad, and you'll, you'll win I mean, your money back it, in two it, weeks for sure. If Jared Cook and, and Amari Cooper had their games on the same week, and one of those, ha- and fa- the fact is one of those is your tight end, yeah. like, you're pretty much already in the money just from those two guys. It's kind of why I like to play <laughs> DFS, to be honest with you, because in seasonal formats, I'll shy away from a guy like Amari Cooper or Dalvin Cook or or Will Fuller. Like I'll shy away from these guys who have a bit of a hin- injury history, but you know when they're healthy, uh, you know I don't mind rolling them out in certain situations. It's like the only shares I'll have of Amari Cooper all year. So to to your point, Brad, uh, Amari Cooper is going 13th wide receiver, 307. Uh, Jared Cook at his position is going higher. He's the ninth tight end off the board. Well, tied with Vance McDonald at 710. So yeah, much I'd... cheaper price, but much higher positionally. So the right. way and I will say this: I I like Jared Cook in New Orleans more than I like Amari Cooper in Dallas. 
So I, I think fair. there's a chance yeah. there's a chance there for him to essentially put up the numbers he did last year, but maybe do it a little more stably because oh, I just, he's got Drew Brees as his quarterback. I'm I'm gonna let you guys know right now. Uh, let's see when is week 17. I'm scrolling down real quick. So we got December. Oh, it's it's the perfect. It's New Year's Day. So I'm just letting you know the first show of 2020. If Jared Cook finishes this season with like 15 touchdowns, I'm not doing the first show next year. I'm just I'm, 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 call, I'm calling out. I'm not doing it. It'll be my nightmare scenario. I just so I'll, I'm checking out. But well, are we out on this entire offense now? Like, what's going to happen here if Cooper's going to miss the first couple weeks? So they don't have Zeke signed, and who's Dak throwing the football to? Like, I don't think Dak's that good anyways. I actually own a good amount of Michael Gallup. Yeah, I think I people like are forgetting that. He, drafts, yeah. So. I mean, the guy is just like I, I talked about. It, I made a joke about it last year, like galloping the horse and all that type of stuff. But the truth was. It kind of it, it, what I said was if you ever saw a new horse trying to run, not a horse trying to walk in the first, like he's not stumbling over himself, but a new horse trying to run, a baby horse trying to run, like that's what I kind of compared Gallup to. Is like he's he's great. He just needs refinement, and I think that that this first year, people don't realize that he actually had a half decent season for the fact that. He was the number two, did miss a little bit of time, and was still kind of raw as yeah, a prospect. Very. So I, I like Gallup. Yeah, I like him too. I like where he's going, and I think we have to bump him up slightly. I think he's going to get oh a little God. bit more. You know who else is going to have a huge game? Is what now? It's going to be like Tavon Austin when oh. Cooper's out or something. Like no, that. Randall Cobb. It's Randall Cobb is going to get oh, like yeah. nine for ninety and two touchdowns in week I, one, I, and then just trade yeah. him immediately. Because I don't Zeke's, even think his Zeke's not his ADP is even so existing. They, they have no one else to throw to. Yeah, he's not getting drafted. Um, no, he's not. He's not even in the first. 15 rounds to your point the, Gallup like his numbers were much better when Amari Cooper was on the field like that offense yeah because he, he, yeah. he's not equipped to be a number one exactly. at least not of yet yeah probably still not this year but that offense I mean, rolled he'll, he'll a lot the better volume. when everyone's there it's just there no, oh, nobody seems to be there, there right now there's a lot of question marks in Dallas yikes so speaking of nightmares oh yeah cool. I saw that cool uh, speaking of nightmares one is over Antonio Brown He's ready to come back, everybody. He lost well, his. It's, I, it's I, sort I, I of joke. odor. <laughs> it's, so, it's sort still of still got bad feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, like, I think everybody's making that sound like it's going to be okay. Like I told you, it it didn't look that bad. It looked like like it just it's the fresh skin just needs to develop. Like again, I go back to the point. Like if you've ever had any type of skin removal, whatever, even if somebody out there has had like a wart removal, like it's just the new skin just has to go. Or if you've had a blister, what's underneath the blister? The new skin just has to develop and get tough again. But so you're right. It's still not 100%. He's still not 100%. But at least the helmet nonsense is over. And we joked about it on Monday, and you guys kind of laughed at me. But the truth is, he did say it without saying it was, I'm an idiot. It's over. Because he, he's, he said, you know, I'm ready to get back with the team. And then he made the whole joke about on Instagram about trying to find a helmet if anybody out there can help him find one. But he's back. It, it Just as long as his feet are, are okay. But with the feet, you're right, Brad. With the feet, still a concern. Antonio Brown... Second round for Chris, what was the round you were willing to go at, Brad? Are you back to that round, even though you were lower on him? Uh, I wouldn't go in the second. I'd, I've never drafted. No, him I know you weren't. You were never in the second. Yeah. I'm just saying, were you? Yeah. Are you now back? Basically, are you back to being? I'm, okay I've, yeah, where, I'll where be back to where I was. But the problem for me is, I it, let's say he plays week one, but he hasn't played any in the preseason, and and basically they just kind of activate him when he really hasn't developed any kind of chemistry with Carr. I don't know what he's gonna be week one. I mean, I could see Derek Carr like missing him like crazy because the timing's not right. And, and he's not, I don't think Carr is, is quite talented enough to overcome that by himself. So with that being yeah, the case, we, I, we like, disagree he, on that. We've already done that. 
<laughs> yeah, he scares me the first couple Jeez, weeks of the Albert. season. I think after that, no, it has nothing to do with the Chiefs. I'm, I just don't I know, like this I'm whole joking. situation. That was a complete joke. That was a complete yeah, I mean, joke. he was sixth in completion percentage last year, just saying, but yeah. No, see, I also think I, I wouldn't even go. It's not even a Derek Carr thing for me, Chris. It's just the fact of it's Antonio Brown. Like we just did, uh, Brandon Funston did the wide receiver roundtable. And for the Mount Rushmore of wide receivers, I was surprised there was actually picks for Antonio Brown. Not that he might not deserve to be there at the end of his career. It's just I had trouble fitting four to begin with before I even thought about Antonio Brown. Yeah, he wasn't like, on like, my list. I mean, yeah. my first three, without even thinking, were Rice, Moss, Terrell Owens. It's like, that's it. Like, now let's discuss the fourth. But it was like, I don't even see how you get But anyway, if you want to go read that article, go read that. There's actually some interesting ones from Nando, of course. But, Chris, are you back with me <laughs> in the second round on Antonio Brown? Yeah, I yeah. am. This is encouraging. It's encouraging that he's going to be with the team soon. And Gruden says he, you know, he's pretty confident in him playing week one. I think that's all encouraging. Yeah, he's probably going to have to play through some pain like Brad has, has said a couple times so I, and I agree with that he probably will have to and and they're probably you're you're also probably right Brad that there may not be that that chemistry and connection it may take some time but at the end of the day I do still feel like he'll finish top five in targets whether he's going to be as efficient 15 touchdowns is probably very very unlikely for him to repeat but you know I think he can get back to that 1200 1300 100 plus catches and you know again be top three four in the league in targets like they should be passing quite often in Oakland. So this is encouraging for me. Like I, again, this is a guy, it's like, yo, yo, he's up and down like every day. I should just leave him until I get something <laughs> concrete from him. But it just seems like he was almost kind of just trying to avoid being with the team in camp too. We've seen this before. Like Pittsburgh has to be sitting back thinking, Hey, you know, we realize he he's good. Hard knocks. Maybe he didn't want to be, but yeah, Pittsburgh is sitting back going, yeah, we, <laughs> we've, uh, we've seen this before. We've yeah. seen this with Antonio which is, Brown, but which would be interesting if he didn't want to be in hard knocks. Cause he's the one out there, whatever Facebook living or whatever it was at the time when Mike Tomlin was trying to address the teams. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's it. All right. So let's continue this. Cause we have a couple of these. Uh, we're going to get to two kind of, well, one's overlooked and then the other one's kind of a, a something you guys couldn't have known about, but it's kind of announced. We have some inside information today, but Maybe. let's real quickly talk about Ezekiel Elliott. We, we've talked about him before. We've already done the NFC East, but I wanted to bring him back up because now we're starting to get to crunch time here. There's going to be a lot of people drafting this week and a lot more people drafting next week. And the continuing question is, do I take Zeke? Do I take Zeke? Do I take Zeke? Because he's a consensus top four if we know he's playing all 16 games. And now people are saying, all right, well, I'll take him fourth, but I'll you know, still take the other three. And now there's some people out there like, no, I'm not even taking him at fourth. I'll take him at the end of the first round. I'm still taking him, forget fourth, I'll still take him over Camara with the Camara news, which we'll talk about next week because we're going to talk about the NFC South, but that Camara's touches are going to stay similar. But Chris, I'm still taking Zeke top three because I, again, I keep hammering, like all the reports keep saying it sounds like something's going to work out. And we just had something today that said the Cowboys are thinking they're going to get a contract and they're still talking. They're still open. I mean, maybe he's still in Cabo or whatever, but it's still going on. And it just sounds like to your point about Antonio Brown, this just might be Zeke sitting out the entire preseason and being like, I'm going to work out a contract anyway, but this way I can miss the entire preseason. But if you're drafting, Chris, does that come to your mind? Like, do you hold off just in case 
he doesn't show up because I again I think he will, but not everybody believes the same thing I do. Yeah, I think he will too. I mean, I said this on the last show that I feel like Jerry Jones realizes he needs Zeke to be, you know, a, a contender, and the window is closing there. And what he had done before in the past with Emmett Smith and how he held out and wanted the money, held out the first two games our own two, and he made him the highest paid running back. I think it could be, it could play out very similar potentially if he misses the first couple games. But I, I still have him as a top three back as well. Um, I'm I'm even you know willing to take him number two if I was drafting today over Christian McCaffrey. I had him one all along until this news. Like I just thought he was a little bit safer than Barkley. Um, I thought his you know his touches in the passing game actually went up with Amari Cooper, more targets, more more receptions. The offense flowed better. He's he's always like one or two in touches, red zone looks. He's he's always been pretty safe to be honest. It's just this news. So. I'll have him as a top three back. Uh, I, I do want to hear a little bit more. Like, you're right. There has been some reports that it seems close. As soon as he's signed on that dotted line and he's playing week one, he's going to go all the way back up to RB1. I, I, but to answer your question, like, I have no no problem taking the risk. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely draft him. And I've seen him actually go, like, eight or nine. I, I, I'd gladly take him at, if I was eight or nine, I saw him there easily scoop him up. Yeah, I, I think at that point the upside is just it's just too high to pass on him. At that point, it, su- it surprises me that he you know makes it past five or six, um, because I could see taking him you know him falling to five because you you know their your first round pick is is you needed to hit to if you're gonna have a shot to win the league you need your star to be there, and the fact that he might even miss a couple games over the course of the season I think it drops his total obviously drops his total points uh, you know down for ranking perspective, but. In the grand scheme of things, if you've got him in your lineup, you know, 11 of the 13 weeks of the fantasy regular season, you're going to be just fine. Or, or, you know, 10 if you mix in the bye week. That's still 10 really good weeks that you're going to get. And so I think at that point, it's it's safe enough where um, the, the only thing for me is is they seem like they're kind of in a, a lot of contract, you know, uh, qu- question marks all over the place. I mean, Dak asking for $40 million a year if that was true and and turning down 30 a year. We know that's true. And it's like, okay, well, what, how much money are they going to have left to pay Zeke? I mean, it's not, I understand, you know, that there's, there's all kinds of flexibility they can create with the cap, but at the same time, you can't, you can't, they got to sign Amari Cooper after this year too. If he's, if he's as good as they, you know, they think he's going to be, and you can't give half your cap money to three people. And that's what it's kind of looking like right now. Now I got to find that article. Yeah, you still can. I'm telling you, you can. I got to really find it. I know what you're saying, but they manipulate it so many different ways that I just there's I know you definitely have more experience than I do in that. But at least from that article standpoint, it's just like they said is like all it matters is the revenue stream. If you have the revenue stream, teams like the Cowboys are going to figure out a way. And maybe so. I, you know. And they, I mean, there's no question they have the revenue stream. So I, I guess we'll see. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I, I would have him three from the very beginning of the season. Um, I have Barkley and McCaffrey ahead of him. So I, I drop him a little bit. I've got him five right now um, just because I would take Kamara and David Johnson over the top of him right now, but I wouldn't take, there's anybody else that I, I feel like is solid um, enough to, to go over that. I really want people out there to go read Michael Salfino's article on David Johnson, by the way, which dropped today. And the fact is, is if you look at it now, I don't agree with everything on there. But as we talked about on this show before, I'm definitely so talk about the, the Cooper being the lowest I'm the lowest on David Johnson. And it's not that I don't love the guy. I, I, time and again, I've said how much I love him as a talent. I just think for the questions, I'm not saying this to come after you, Brad, because this is the truth. I like there's people out there. I've seen two drafts just this week 
that I was one a part of another one I was just watching where David Johnson was the fourth pick ahead of Ezekiel Elliott because of that concern. It's just I am not on board with him being the consensus number five because I think everybody's just making too many assumptions that everything's going to be fine with Kyle Murray and Kingsbury and this offense is going to work and everything's going to be more explosive and blah, blah, blah. And then dismissing the fact of like, hey, you know what? Chase Edmonds was talked up, and I know it's preseason talk, but what if Chase Edmonds is all of a sudden a Chris Thompson factor on this team and David Johnson all of a sudden isn't 75% of the touches? I'll say, I'm not saying those things are happening, Brad, and I'm not saying they're going to happen. All I'm saying is for people to be like, oh, he's locked in, no question about it, almost in a tier of his own behind the big four, I just I don't understand why people are dismissing like there's zero risk with David Johnson. No, I, I there's definitely risk with David Johnson. I just I liked what I saw in when he was in the game the first series. Um, he looked looked like he was moving well. He was definitely a focal point of the offense with the first team. I, I think there's you know they may not you know they're not going to put up you know Chiefs numbers from last year where it's 35 points a game and it's just this massive high scoring offense. But there's no question they're going to be better than they were last year. And and he was a top 10 back last year. So I, I'm okay with with the idea that he's going to get an uptick in in touches and he was used so terribly most of last year um, that it was it was frustrating to watch um, you know for the Definitely teams that right I owned that. him in and so I, I just think he's he's going to be a more uh, a bigger point a focal point of the offense they have a they're starting rookie receivers like crazy I mean it, it, it sounds like there's going to be at least two in there um, if everybody's healthy to start the season and that's those aren't guys I can trust I'm I'm if I'm Kyler Murray I'm dumping it off to the guy that I know is has been a star in this league if I you know as opposed to force it into a guy that I can't necessarily trust to get open I do feel like Edmonds is going to be involved though Jake like if if Kingsbury is going to run that up-tempo offense and they are going to run I, I know they're not I know it's physically impossible to run 90 plays they can run high 60s <laughs> like if they if they wanted to have you know a similar offense Chip Kelly I mean as much as Chip Kelly was crazy looking back at those first two years I mean right the, everyone really kind of ate in that offense and, and they all they all got a lot of work so Edmonds could come in in third down roles I mean he could he could easily play himself into six to eight touches a game and maybe even more in that offense but I, I I just feel like there's so many question marks after the first four like with even with Connor and Bell I just gonna take the wide out if i'm at five yeah, i'm just taking hopkins and, and yeah pick Adams your poison and, yeah. and that's a fair way to go too because you know you could just possibly get one but you know is there really that big of a gap between these guys and nick chubb or joe mixon or anybody like that in the second round and i think that's something people have to consider but you're right and you know what chase Edmonds might be in the backfield and david johnson might be lined up in the line of scrimmage and so like there that could be an option too so i love david johnson i hope you know what? I hope he's a top five running back. I hope he's top three running back. I love the guy, but I just I have my legitimate concerns, and we're going to see more shakeout. And I know that he's not revealing the entire playbook at this point because nobody ever does in the preseason. But one more player before we get some of these inside information bits and pieces, uh, I wanted to bring up Hollywood Marquise Brown because we've brought him up on the show before, but there's another report freshly out on Tuesday saying that you know he's still questionable to even be on the field for now. Week one, I mean, which I'm not, this is not a like, hey, I told you guys, this is just, this is what I've been saying the entire time, Chris. I'm saying, why aren't you guys on Willis Boykin who could be the number one? Because no, we know Willie Sneed can't be. And everybody's just assuming Marquise Brown and his foot issue and his surgery was going to be out there by week one and everything was going to be fine. So it's not even the fact that week one, even if he is with week one, now we go to Brad's concern about Antonio Brown of, 
it's not just he's not with the team and not in the preseason and not in OTAs and not practicing. Not, he's a rookie yeah. with all of those things. With a quarterback who's still developing as a passer, I don't see how, honestly, right now, Marquise Brown is undraftable for me. Yeah, you'd have to be in a super deep league. In a redraft league, like 12 teams, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it to anybody. I wouldn't do it myself. Uh, I'm more willing to take that shot on Miles Boyk. And I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, yeah, you add on everything, and then on top of it all, he's a rookie dealing with learning a playbook and you know what is, what is going to be a run-happy offense and with an inexperienced quarterback and one that's probably not going to throw down the field too often, really. So he's yeah, already got I that for chemistry. like 500 yards and three touchdowns. That's what I, my projections have him at. Jeez, yeah. So that may be generous. Yeah, like it, it's possible that's generous. I mean, it is. I, Chris, Chris Moore. I like Chris Moore as a like a super late flyer. I mean, he's free in leagues and he's are athletically. Are you gonna say it? Say it. Say it. What? I like him in best ball. Say it. <laughs> just uh, just I, go I, ahead. Not in best ball. No, like more as a depth guy because I think he's gonna be fairly consistent. Um, I, I just think he's gonna be a, a you know at least a a possibility of a guy who becomes reliable on the outside because. Like you said, Willie Snead is not that guy. I don't think Seth Roberts is that guy. It's possible Miles Boykin is that guy, but they, we really don't know. Like The only guy that I really, really want in the passing game in this offense is is Mark Andrews because I think he's going to be an absolute stud, and and he's they, there's no one on the outside to take throws away from him. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you got to love the fact that, to your point, Jake, when you brought this all up, was that you know Brown's not on the field. And Boykin is on the field, and he's he's getting targets. I mean, he I, I don't remember the targets that he had in the first preseason game, but I think he was like eight <laughs> was or nine. 20. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's at least getting those. I mean, he's not catching them all, but um, he's at least getting them. Yeah, I'm seeing now he had nine and four catches for 39. So he's he was at least involved. He's on the field. He's going to have a couple more preseason games. So I, I would feel like he has the highest ceiling out of this bunch to, to be the guy. But I, at the end of the day, I don't really – I agree with Brad. I don't really want anyone besides – Andrews and you know Lamar Jackson in certain spots, and certainly Mark and Miles Boykin draft. No, yeah, draft, I like Boykin. Draft, trust me, no, I like Boykin. Dra- draft Miles. Yeah, no, he's free. Yeah, he's for sure. still free. So funny enough, I actually uh, I, I was updating. I was going back and looking at our sleepers and busts for the athletic just to make sure that nobody had anybody where news had changed. So like one was Gary Davenport. It was the only one. Gary Davenport had Golden Tate, and I asked him if he wanted to change that. But I was looking through them, and initially Emery had Taiwan Taylor, and he was exceptionally high on Miles Boykin, like I was, and I texted. I was like, hey, do you want to swap it out for Miles Boykin just because we, we should get him more love? And he responded back because he's not a sleeper anymore. I'm like, you know, he's still going undrafted. He, he just said he just sent back SMH. <laughs> just like, so there, there you go. And I was like, also shorthand by Emery on text. Last one. Inside information. I don't even I'm not going to ask a question, Chris. I'm just going to set it up. Yeah, Guess where Brad was it. today. Or yesterday, Brad was at Chiefs camp. No, it was, it was he, yeah, yesterday. No, yeah, Tuesday. It was Tuesday. <laughs> he was at Chiefs camp, and he got the first-hand information and the first eye or first eye, bird's eye. No, it's not bird's eye. First-hand is. I'll just go with that. You got to see what's up with Damian Williams in that backfield. Yeah, so they they ran. They were running a lot of plays, especially inside the twenty. It seemed like a lot of their focus was in the red zone. And Damian Williams was in there with the ones the entire time. It was Carlos Hyde. He was only in there like when they would do like a third down play or when they were, they did a little bit of uh, two minute drill stuff. And the rest of the time it was Damian Williams, Damian Williams. And I, it almost looked like they were almost kind of forcing it to try to help get him back in, in conditioning shape uh, because of the, you know, he was out for a bit with the hamstring injury. Darwin Thompson was nowhere to be found with the ones. He, he was only in there to basically spell Carlos Hyde when the twos were running. 
So I, I, it made me for, for 2019 leagues, they just kind of solidified what I've felt all along. Damian Williams is the guy I, I've got him as the number seven running back. I think he's at a minimum, a top 10. And I think it's, it, he doesn't need 20 touches a game to be good in this offense with this offense and, right. and the way that they've, that they, you know, put running backs in positions for success and they move the ball up and down the field, 15 touches a game and he's a top 10 back. And, and I, you know, even if he goes a little over that, that's where I have him at number seven. I've, I've got him at 17 touches a game. I, I could easily see him du- basically duplicating what Kareem Hunt did last year. And Kareem Hunt was getting 18 touches a game and, and was, you know, a top five back at that point. He moved him up. Yeah, you know, out of he Chris, moved him out of up. He saw he was so good at practice. He moved him up a spot. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to say of the entire thing that Brad just said. The most interesting part that I take away from it is that Darwin Thompson wasn't getting first-team touches. Because as we've said before on the show, when you hear first-team touches, again, for everybody out there who maybe didn't hear that episode, first-team touches in OTAs and training camp and even early preseason doesn't mean what some people do. I'm not saying everybody believes it, but when they hear first-team touches, their immediate thought is, oh, that's the lead option. But a lot of times, rookies and new players to teams – are going to see first team option or first team usage because you need to evaluate said player. Well, to what Brad just said, Chris, what I'm gleaning from that is that Darwin Thompson got his first team touches already. They've already seen enough that he's not getting any more and he's not going to be even involved in this committee that we had news of last week as much as we even think, even in the passing game. Yeah, I don't think so either. And, and as much as I've kind of poo-pooed on Damian Williams, I, I agree with everything that Brad's that Brad's saying there. Is like He only needs a handful of touches in this offense to be legit, to return value, to be an RB1. And he is the lead guy there. I, I, I do feel like that. And we, we've had that conversation. But my only question is, can he hold up? It's just a durable question. It's just, that's all it is. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think Darwin Thompson is just there to, you know, he's a, he's a nice piece. Obviously, they drafted. He could be called on if anything does happen. And I think he could also be productive in this offense if given the chance. I, I feel the same way with, with Carlos Hyde. And, you know, if – would ask you guys this this time last year if you thought Damian Williams would be great in the Chiefs offense as a running back you probably wouldn't have said yes it's no. it's it's a golden opportunity it's a golden spot he proved to himself last year he he deserves this role they signed him so uh, we'll see if it plays out but yeah it's, it's super encouraging to hear and like I said Brad watched him live and he moved him up a spot so he likes him even more so maybe I gotta bump him up <laughs> one too. extra bonus point spot there that we have after seeing him in person it, all right so yo, Brad <laughs> how how quick did the Chiefs look though like Hardman like I know it's just uh Hardman but all these Chiefs guys are so fast and I'm not the type to draft Patrick Mahomes early I just want a piece of this offense. Oh, yeah, so there. Goodness. I will say this. I I talked to one of the beat writers. Um, just uh, he's a buddy of mine from way back. To, like he played college baseball with some of my uh, high school friends, and it was. He said he goes, look, they everybody says Patrick Mahomes is going to regress to the mean, but we don't have a mean for him right now. He's got one season. Like maybe he's completely different than everybody else. And I'm not saying he's going to duplicate 50, 50 touchdowns, but I think he's going to be a lot better than most people are projecting him. And they, I love the nickname that they've come up with here in the area. They're calling it the Legion of zoom. 
um, because <laughs> it, of how fast all these players are. And it's, it's, it's kind of catching on and you watch them like, so Hardman is a little different than like Tyree kill is just, he looks fast. His legs are moving so fast. Hardman's more of like the long stride, really smooth looking guy. And you almost kind of have to like sit back and watch the whole piece to realize you how fast realize he's moving. How fast because, he is. Yeah. yeah you, you don't realize how fast he is. And it's like, gosh, that guy's running a four, three. Like you don't, you just don't see that. Like if you, yeah, put guy way, I think like this that. is, this is my assessment, Brad, is that if you watch Mikko Harmon in space by himself, you don't realize how fast he is until he's running across or past or next to somebody. Sure. Yeah. And, and he outruns guys that have an angle on him. And so yeah. they, I, one thing that I, I thought was interesting for, you know, you know, you always get return touchdowns in, in a lot of leagues. They have Hardman, at least everything they did today, he was the primary punt return guy. So it wasn't Tyreek Hill and who, you know, who's done it the last couple of years and scored gonna, touchdowns the last couple of years. What, so what can Nicole throw up? Are we going to be throwing up? An, we can't throw up an X for him. We're going to th- <laughs> um, all I'm thinking about is uh, Hall and the returns there. So yeah, what are we doing Hall, yeah, yeah. So. And Tyree kills throwing up the peace sign as he's running across the goal line. So yeah, you know, <laughs> just true. who knows? He'll he'll come up with something once he gets established a little bit. But he, it's you're right. They they are fast and they know it. Like everything is just all the pre snap movement. And just try to create confusion and and just see who's following who. Because if you don't stay with them pre snap, you're not going to be able to catch up to them by the time the ball is snapped and you're trying to disguise your coverage. You've got to be there with them, or they're just going to run right past you. All right, we gotta we're gonna have to quick hit quick rapid fire the uh, the north but i do want to finish one more thing that brad brought up and mentioned this with you chris is the fact that he said the regression to the mean and we don't have a mean on patrick mahomes which i think is a really smart thing to say i think we all know regression is assumed because 50 touchdowns and that kind of production is rare to see even if somebody that remember peyton manning's caliber is you know that he only hit close to that mark or actually got to right around that mark twice like that's just not normal to see any quarterback do that. There's a reason it was only what was it, the third or fourth time in NFL history. So yeah. all that being said, I still have him five more passing touchdowns than any other quarterback in my projections. Yeah, you should. I mean, <laughs> you, you really should. I, I got him at 42, um, and that's even wow. that's even a high number, right? I mean, it's eight fewer. So I mean, there's just so much to like about him, and I, I know guys will, will adjust – um, but yeah, he's just, he's, he's rare, man. Like he's, he's a, he's a, he's a rare, rare breed. The, the sidearm throws, the, the effortless well, there is a, guns well, down on. the field uh, and Andy Reid's offense. I like it. It's trivia time. So by the way, it was three. Uh, the reason I said, wow, is because I don't have him projected for 40. I'm projected for 38.6. That point six is going to come in handy. Um, <laughs> but to your point is the reason I said, wow, is because in history, Guys, Chris, how many 40-plus touchdown seasons have there been? I don't know. Mm, 40-plus? 20. quarterbacks? Chris? I don't know if there's – I don't even know if there's been that much. Um, 18. Uh, You're still overshot. Both of you overshot. There's only been 13. Yeah. Well, I mean, the game has changed a little bit. I I sat down one time with Joe Montana, believe it or not. We talked about the game of football. And he said if he could throw the ball as much as these quarterbacks are throwing it now, he'd have tons of yards and touchdowns. (laughs) He said said all the game was back then was turning it off, handing it over, controlling the clock, relying on your defense. Honestly, it's true, though. 
And it's no, a pass-happy league. Guys are throwing the ball. But did he walk uphill in snow to, to the football field every day? <laughs> Probably. To, to practice. He's done everything, that guy. By the way, for this 40-plus touchdown, for a testament to what you're saying, though, Chris, real quick, and we're going to move on, and we can do this kind of stuff in the offseason, but just as a testament to this, two of those, Dan Marino in the 80s. Just just for yeah. like, gunslinging. Gun, again. Guts is gunslinging, yeah. So, so here's a question, though. Mahomes is in the middle of the third, 307 right now for ADP. How many touchdowns are, are you know, approximately that? I know you can get points for yardage and stuff, but how many touchdowns does he need to throw to return that value? He, doesn't he need it, to do the same? I think. Similar. No, no, no. For third round value, where he's going, he's, though, he's yeah. a first round pick. I think yeah, he goes like a little later in, in expert. So he's in your regular draft. I feel like he's going in the second. In your average draft, somebody will take him in the second round. Oh, he certainly will. But the difference is, it's it's not just the points. I mean, you know that the problem is, it's we're also talking about positional or positional scarcity here. So to your point, if he drops to that, like if he's third round, third round would be basically kind of what my projections are. Not to say that like, oh, look at my projections. But to your point, Brad. So my projections have him at 366 fantasy points. For everybody, for reference, last year. Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan at 369-367. So he had 443. So to talk about all that, or wait, no, that's, hold on, that's a little bit skewed scoring. Let me look at it real quick. 415 is what he had. 343 was Matt Ryan. So third round is basically, like I said, is my projections. First round would be repeating last year. So to answer your question in long form, Brad, which I didn't really mean to do, he would have to be around 4,800 yards, 38 touchdowns, 240 or so rushing, and two or three rushing touchdowns if he did all that third round, which is completely and easily doable. So I guess to your point is the follow-up question which you're going to ask, which I'll turn around and ask you because I'm assuming this is your question. Do you consider taking him in the third? Yeah, and, and that's – I mean, if you believe that if that – I kind of look at your numbers. Like, you, I know you've said before your floor. projections are – Yeah, that's the floor. Like, he, there's no way he throws less than 38 touchdowns, in my opinion, if he's healthy all year. And, and you know, assuming that he's got Hill and Kelsey and, and Watkins for at least a, a good chunk of the year. there With the just the way the offense moves with how talented he is, I, I feel like Chris's projections are, are, you know, could also be viewed as a floor if everything goes right for them as far as, you know, just everybody staying healthy. If their weapons stay the problem- healthy, if the offensive line is just decent, then – because he he does so much on the run that they don't they don't need the as long as he doesn't get killed by a defensive lineman if the offensive line is just just adequate then I I feel like Chris's projections are easily attainable and I could see even like a, another 46 48 touchdown season and and make it to where he blows right through his his value again but even so even if he hits those projections the biggest thing is too that means also everybody else has to hit the Matt Ryan or lesser number from last year because the biggest thing is it has to be the weekly scoring drop-off. Like last year, the reason he was so insanely valuable is because it was four and a half points more per game than the next closest quarterback. So if he throws for 45 and, you know, hits at 23 points per game and maybe Deshaun Watson jumps up from 21 to 23 and now you're only talking about a point and a half, and I know I'm throwing a lot of ifs out there, I just want to put it in context for everybody out there, is that – now all of a sudden that third round value well is essentially a value in his own right it's not a value from the position because you could have got the sean watson around later if aaron Rodgers bounces back to one of his 22 point per game seasons now you're talking to two and a half points per week and aaron Rodgers comes in another round cheaper it's all that kind of like for all that in context but again if he repeats last year all that's moot anyway i think there's a big gap between him and two now with luck 
you know, I wouldn't have said that six weeks ago. But with this news luck, I don't know, like, if a Rodgers and a Watson comes close to No, see, I look at four do. originally, so I still have But Watson he was up in the Rogers. same – him and Watson and Rodgers were all very similar. Like, there's a gap after luck for, to Cam Newton in your previous I Actually, and so, to be honest with you, so if you, everybody goes and looks at my projections, I have a bigger gap from Watson to Rodgers at two to three than I have from Mahomes to Watson. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers was trash last year. He was straight-up trash. <laughs> but he, he won't say that. Right. He well, wasn't even right, a quarterback one. Chris, you just transitioned us. Thank you, because we got to get this into the show before the end of it. AFC North, there you go. We're going to rapid fire. So we'll start with the Packers. Boom. We'll talk. Aaron Rodgers, does he deserve to be a top four quarterback? Top three? Well, now that a- Andrew Luck is out. does I mean, honestly, are we going on his history and ignoring last year as in he was hurt for most of the year? Or are there's where would you put him, Chris? I think people are just putting him as a top three quarterback because of his name and what he's done before in the past. I mean, He's getting a little bit older now. What is he, 36? I mean, he's got one legit weapon in in Adams for sure. A bunch of question marks with the with the running game. Guys we just want to like in Ger- Geronimo Allison and MVS, who at times looked, you know, kind of no, lost like in the Geronimo. field. Don't, I don't want to like him. I straight up like him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, like, what do you like about him? You just like his situation? I mean, with Rodgers... No, I, I, I actually... To, to go back, I won't go through the entire thing. I had him as I thought it would be like a sixth round. I didn't think he would be drafted very high, uh, but I had him as like somebody to keep your eye on as a developmental player. And I think similar to Michael Thomas, but to a lesser degree, because I don't think he's on Michael Thomas's level by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact that we heard he's going to be in the slot role, his ability specifically in this offense and in the role they're going to ask him to be is why I like him. Like, you put Michael Thomas permanently outside, like with Deshaun Watson, I don't know that he has the same level of success. Sometimes a fit certainly helps the the receiver. Yeah, okay, I, I for sure, I get that. And just looking at Rodgers last year, maybe he's not as bad as his numbers. Maybe he had something to do with his injuries, but eight games he had one or zero passing touchdowns. He only had two games where he threw for more than two passing touchdowns and never more than three. That division is very tough. He's never been able to play against the Vikings all that well. The Bears are very tough. You look at some of the games, like there's a few last year where you had fewer than 200 yards, and it came inside that division. So I, I have some concerns with Rodgers. He was at least running around towards the end of the season, so I, he, he looked a little bit healthier, and that will give him a boost as well. I mean, he he didn't finish as a Kibu one because he wasn't running around as much, not just because of those dud games that he had. I I th- I think Watson will finish ahead of him. I think Baker could easily finish ahead of him. Uh, but I, he's de- he's definitely still a top five quarterback. I just feel like he's he's somebody that I pass on every single time, and I think he just gets the respect because of who he is. Okay, so I I'm going to play directly into what you just said because I'm way lower on him than everybody else. I have him QB eight for in my rankings, and I granted over the course of a season. Did you rank anybody from... in the top five at any of your positions? All cheese players in the top five. Yeah. No, He just but starts they... at six. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, tell us who you have I... over him. Okay, secrets. so I've got Mahomes one, Watson two, Matt Ryan three, Kyler Murray four, Carson Wentz Ooh. five, Cam Newton six, and Baker Mayfield seven. I mean... I'm so Murray and Wentz, Murray and Wentz are the two that I'm probably higher on than everybody else. And that's, you know, but so even if you take them out, I've got him at six and, but I've got them. I think, I think Murray, it just from a sheer volume on the ground, ground can standpoint, he could easily be the QB one this year. If he's even remotely close to as good as we think he might be. And I, 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 I really Wentz wanted has, you to say 
I was sorry. I was gonna say I really wanted you to be like Patrick Mahomes one, Patrick Mahomes two, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes three, Patrick Mahomes four. It's, it's possible. I mean, you should. I don't understand not drafting Mahomes in the first round. No, but it's, 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 in all seriousness, like I, I, I do, I do think Rogers right now is getting a lot of of the bump in the rankings because of his name. And even if he, so say, he wasn't hurt last year, but he still had that same receiving crew around him. I don't know that he's good enough to overcome it like he was three or four years ago. And I, I think he can still be good. And I think the receiving crew can be decent. Um, obviously, Adams is elite. But but around him, I, I think everybody else can be decent enough to to get him back to a QB1 status. I just don't think he's going to be, you know, I, I definitely would not take him where he's being drafted right now. I'll say that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, look, so I got a little update <laughs> Andrew Luck, but we gotta get. We'll at least get through the Packers. We're, we're, I promise everybody on Monday we're gonna have to do the Vikings. We're gonna have to do the Bears. Although at least like, those are pretty knowledgeable ones. Like you know what? Do we even need to do those? Like the Vikings, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cook, the end. Like Kirk Cousins, Superflex. Later it is actually somewhat of a value. The Bears, like Mr. Trubisky, is a better runner than people think. David Montgomery is. Uh, well, well, actually, you know we can talk about <laughs> the back just roll right through them all. I wanted no, to no, ask I mean, Jake where we'd have Rodgers ranked week. 15 fantasy playoff time against the Bears in week 16 in Minnesota. I, no, no, no. So I was going to say, we're, we're going to come back to the, the Packers. So I was just going to say, we'll say, we'll at least get to the Bears backfield on Monday because yes. we're going to run out of time. That's yes. all. So, so anyway, but no, to your point, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, is because you talked about the schedule. And as of today, you know me, though. I'm not going to, no. he's a QB1 it, because not only is that way too far down the road is so many things can change in a defense from season to season. I keep bringing this up time and again, even from fantasy perspective, the last fantasy defense to go number one back-to-back years was 2099 was the Steelers to go. That's how far back it's been because there's just so much turnover, let alone the perfect example I use for what you just said. And I'm not saying you're not wrong to be concerned as of today, but just a few years ago, the Giants were, exploit the living hell out of them and then they turned the corner and all of a sudden the last eight games was like oh my gosh you want to play the giants conversely the saints or wait no the giants went the other way because the saints were the ones where the second eight games you wanted to avoid them the first eight you didn't because remember that was the julio jones oh julio jones plays the saints in weeks 14 to 16 oh, they were good. The, the, yeah. the right so those kind of things change um but to your point like let's finish off the packers real quick the backfield this one i'm kind of curious although i think brad might try and trump me again or maybe he's actually a fan of this player for once <laughs> But I was going to say, you guys at least know, I think I'm the lowest person on Aaron Jones because I just, again, the Packers' usage of running backs in general, the Packers' smart, I'm assuming, usage of Aaron Jones and not giving him 20-plus touches a game because he's not best suited for that role, in my opinion. Already got a little bit nicked up in the offseason. There was a report about that, that he missed a practice or two, but he's okay now. But I think Dexter Williams is a significant threat to take touches and keep him in that Lamar Miller from the Dolphins role, where he's very good. He's going to be some of the best 15 to 18 touches per game, but that's why he's an RB2 for me, Chris. Yeah, he's an RB2 for me, too, for sure. I have him outside my top 20. I I would rather have, like, in around that range, I'd rather have James White, uh, Chris Carson. Um, Wait, top 20? Well, that's, yeah, that's low. That's He's definitely the lowest. I don't have him top 20. I have him outside my top 20. Where do you have him, Brad? I have him at 15. Okay. Yeah, I have him at 22, You're the highest so I'm the once. lowest on Aaron Jones. 22 <laughs> for me. Yeah. Like, so, Brad, so like, guys right, that you well, must have ahead of them, like Freeman, Fournette I have ahead of them. James White yes. I had ahead of them. Jacobs, no. obviously. Uh, yes. Derek Henry I have ahead of them. 
No. The biggest thing, so I'll say the biggest thing I like this year is that the new regime came in, and one of the first things they said is they need to get him involved in the offense more. And and last, like the last two years, the old regime was trying to force Jamal Williams on us, and it was so frustrating because everybody knew Aaron Jones was better, and they still kept rolling Jamal Williams out there first. And now that he, if he's at least past that point, I'm not saying I like Dexter Williams as kind of like a late, you know, late flyer. To, and you're right. He could potentially take touches away. Aaron Jones isn't a work, isn't a, a workhorse bell cow back. He's a 15 to That's 18 why. touch guy yeah. also. Exactly. And at that, but at that point, I think he could still be, um, you know, still be a, a high end RB two just because I, I think that offense will be decent. I don't think it's going to be elite, but I also think they're going to be a top half offense. And, and with that being the case, there's just a lot of productivity there to, and and I think his talent's good enough to put him in that role. All right, so fair enough. As we finish off the show, full circle back to Andrew Luck. I'm going to read you guys oh the quote from Ballard. Here, let me sit so down first. Yeah, you, I'm glad. You, I hope you're sitting down. And plus, because it's a little bit long. But Wait, is there this an is, ish in this? High no, ankle ish? No, <laughs> no, there is not, but it's as close as you can probably get to throwing an ish in this. And this is going to go exactly to your point, Brad, about the medical staff and everything. So here, anyway, here's it is. The entire thing. Got an MRI done in March on the calf, which definitely had a strain. We knew that. Then in May, he was still having pain. This is May now. And pain in the right below the calf. So he said, let's test it. To test it, you go to your specialist and they give you a numbing shot. If that makes you feel better, then there's no doubt that's what it is. Well, that wasn't the case. There was maybe a little relief, but not a lot. At that point, we thought, that's what it is. We'll keep moving after x-rays. We'll just keep moving down the same path. Then we get to camp. And we said, okay, we're going to work him back in slowly and see how things are going to go day to day. And day three, he comes to us and says, I'm still having pain in my calf in the same area, still having pain. That's when we backed off and said, let's get it calmed down. And it wasn't until a couple days ago when we said, you know what? We need to start exploring other parts. <laughs> to your point, Brad, what, how did you go from March to now the middle of August and said, oh, well, I guess now we need to consider like consider other solutions. Yeah, it's this is really bad. Like I, I mean, I feel like at this point you have to like seriously examine your medical staff and say, look, we may have to just clean house, and you don't want to do that right before the season. Like a lot of the guys have built up trust with these guys, and it it, it would just be discourse that you don't need in your locker room. At the same time, at the end of the season, if this is something that lingers for weeks and weeks into the season, you have to consider just cleaning house and bring in an entire new training staff, new team doctors to, to sign on to be the guys like it, one way or another, like you can't do this with your franchise quarterback year after year after year. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's brutal. I mean, you don't like to hear that. We already had question marks before that and we're right to have question marks now hearing that. So yeah. That's, where, that's after tough. all this news, where do you all have luck right now? I know Jake, you said like what? 11. Oh, he's probably moving down from there too. Yeah, probably, I had him I'd at probably. I I say if if this, let's see tomorrow or maybe for the rest of the week. This is why I update on Monday. Let's see the rest of the week. I, I'll say this: if this report holds true and we still don't get a solution by next Monday, I'm probably upping his missed games to about five or six, okay. which is significant. So th that's where I'm at right now, and I I've got him as the number twenty two quarterback as we stand right now. Because I, I just God, don't know that, sounds, that I can yeah. – I mean, there, there's the only guys below him that are starters are, are Nick Foles, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr, scrubs. Matt Stafford. Just complete like, scrubs, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like guys that you don't want <laughs> you don't want starting 
you know, starting for your fantasy team, even as a backup. So it's just, I just don't trust him, you know, in 10 games, I think he can outscore those guys in a full season, but I don't, at this point, 10 games is kind of feeling like the ceiling for what he's going to play. Yeah. I had him at nine for this and I'm going to have to, yeah, he's, he's going to go in the mid teens for sure. Maybe even later than that. So I, Yikes. I can't tell anyone to draft him. I do my own thing. Uh, I, I may and like I may have a share or two if I feel like everyone is That's passing on this guy. Like if he's <laughs> if he's like quarterback eighteen, I'll just be like, you know what, show. fine. Yeah, At some point you just throw a dart. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll take him to what you what Brad said at the top of the show. You take him, you deal with it in the first few weeks, maybe you have him come fantasy football playoff time and you have yourself a stud. Uh, but it, but it's also you have to stash this guy for a little bit. And then you get a couple injuries, things happen in football so quickly, all of a sudden you gotta drop that guy like I don't really love to carry two quarterbacks in your in your standard league so yeah this is okay. this is brutal so news just, I wonder if it's going to turn into Achilles oh, like could this well, be an Achilles this injury question. We're all right so in a stream yeah in a streaming you know if you're in a streaming quarterback situation where you're just kind of plucking guys do, do you consider drafting Jacoby Brissett because no. he's got weapons galore it's supposed to be a good offense he might be decent he's a free agent after the year so he's got a lot to prove because no. he's looking for a I, starting gig yeah, next we've year. seen it before I, though I, yeah, I've seen enough for set, and I'd rather just take somebody who potentially has the job for the entire year, too. We'd have to get pretty deep before. I mean, I, I could probably go 22 people before I even start thinking Brissett. Nice schedule to start, Atlanta. Here's a fair question. I'm just, I, I'm out. If you want to, I'm just, I'm just. I'm Does out. this affect uh, Mac for any of you oh, guys? Yeah. Has to, yeah, yeah, for sure. Everything's going to go down. This so is, many max so, shares too. So I'm look, bitter. we're 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 teasing <laughs> the living hell out of Monday show. We're gonna talk about the Bears' backfield. We're gonna update and hopefully have some news on Andrew Luck. Although I say hopefully, it might be terrible news. But if you're drafting, look, you go into this weekend, you know the news. It's the same thing as Antonio Brown last weekend. You know, on like that's a perfect example for everybody out there as we close the show. Antonio Brown, everything's fine now. We assume for the feet. You know, you could have drafted him over the weekend and like the sixth round, and now you look like a genius. Where on the flip side, it could have been he could still be holding out. Uh, same thing with Andrew Luck. We might get to Monday and it'd be like, we found the solution. He'll be ready for week one. And then we're completely back into where we were with Andrew Luck. So for anybody out there, we do our best to give you the information. You still got to make the decision on your draft day if you want that risk. But hopefully, your decision is to come back Monday. Hopefully, your decision is to follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany. Follow Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. You know I'm at All In Kid, and we'll be back to help you out for next week. To everybody, good wishes. Your kids are starting school, and we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. Thank you.